You are listening to The Matrix is Real podcast. I'm your host, Jack Noon, and this is the first ever podcast. So I just wanted to thank you for tuning in and listening. The Matrix was a movie that was released in 1999. And I feel it sent shockwaves through both individual and collective consciousness of this reality which we live in. It started out obviously as a cool science fiction movie with great special effects and some out-of-the-box ideas. And for a while, that's kind of all it was. I stumbled across the foundation of The Matrix, which is the simulation hypothesis, a couple years before. And my mind was absolutely blown once I saw the, the movies because it put these ideas that I had in my head into visual form And it just made it all more real. Fast forward 20 years in 2019 and we now have mainstream people like Elon Musk and the late Stephen Hawking putting the chances of us living in a simulation at over 50%. This is reinforced by more and more breakthroughs and discoveries within the quantum sciences of quantum mechanics and physics and is validating theories and ideas that have roots in ancient cultures and ancient religions such as Buddhism. So, the Matrix is real, and this is a fact that I'm certain of. But that's something that I feel a lot of people are talking about these days. What I want to talk about are the levels of control within the Matrix and how they affect us. The first affects us pretty much at birth. This part is limited to people specifically living in the United States of America, but I'm sure it you can relate to just about any country on the planet because almost all governments operate the same basic way. The United States of America, when a child is born, the parents usually get a birth certificate or a certificate of live birth But then they enroll their children in voluntary programs because they think they have to. The first one and the most common one is the Social Security program, specifically requesting a Social Security number from the Social Security Administration. Most people think that this is something that you just have to do. Certain things in this world are certain, like, quote, death and taxes. But what if that wasn't true? What if you didn't need a social security number? What if social security was actually a voluntary program? The truth is, it is. You don't need a social security number. And further, if you have a social security number, you're almost certainly breaking the law. Now, how am I breaking the law? Whoa, 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 slow down. Well, let's go to the requirements for the issuance of social security numbers, which can be found in Title 20 of the Code of Federal Regulations, section 422.104. I'll I'll read it slowly so you can research and find this for yourself on the internet. You type into Google 20 C period F period R 422.104. What should pull up is called Title 20 Employee Benefits, Part 422 Organization and Procedures, Subpart B General Procedures. 
422.104, who can be assigned a social security number? Subsection A, persons eligible for an SNSSN assignment. We can assign you a social security number if you meet the evidence requirements in 422.107 and you are, number one, a United States citizen. Now right here, this is a level of control within the matrix. When I say United States citizen, United States, what's the first thing that pops into your head? If you're like how I used to be, you're probably picturing a landmass of the 50 states of the Union, which can be found in North America between Canada and Mexico. That is the definition according to the United States Constitution, the Constitution of the United States of America. However, this is not the definition that's being used here. Now, why are definitions important? Well, definitions are important because it puts a restraint on what the government can do, the way that they can apply the law. If you do not have a definition, it gives unchecked authority to apply the law however you see fit. The perfect example I can give is not defining driving. Driving is not defined by almost every vehicle code I've seen in every state. And I feel the reason why is it allows police and judges to loosely define and apply the term as they see fit. You can give, and I'm watching this as somebody just got pulled over for a ticket right now. Uh, you can get pulled over for, you know, being in your car behind the wheel with the engine on and moving in on the roadways with other cars or pedestrians. That's what most people would call driving, driving. But you could also be ticketed for sitting parked in your car with the ignition off in a parking lot, not moving. A police officer can try to ticket you. And if you don't agree with me, uh, how many DUIs have we had with somebody pulled over on the side of the road? The same thing. Drunk off their ass, realized they were too drunk to drive home, so they pulled over to be safe. And cop sees them, see, realizes they're under, under the influence, and tries to either arrest them or, or ticket them or impound the car. So this is why definitions are important. Um, this is from Supreme Court case, Stenberg versus Carhartt, which happened in the year 2000. And it says, when a statute includes an explicit definition, we must follow that definition, even if it varies from that term's ordinary meaning. Again, the reason why definitions are important is even if we normally see the United States meaning a certain thing, in law it means something very different. And it's important because that determines how the law can be applied. So, United States citizen, what is the definition of the United States? Well, the most common definition that we'll find is in Title 26 of the U.S. Code of Law, which is the, the, the Internal Revenue Code, Section 7701, which is the definitions, and we're looking at Definition 9 and 10. Definition 9, United States. The term United States, when used in a geographical sense, includes only the states and the District of Columbia. So, United States means... District of Columbia, which is Washington, D.C., and the states. So again, the matrix is strong here, and already somebody's going to tell themselves, okay, well, the states, that means the other 50, the 50 states of the Union. Wrong. To continue on, state, the very next one, number 10, the term state shall be construed to include the District of Columbia, where such construction is necessary to carry out the provisions of this title. So hold on a second. United States means District of Columbia. And then in the very de next definition, United States also means 
the District of Columbia. I don't know how how smart I am, but I'm pretty sure I don't live in Washington, D.C. And I'm pretty sure you don't either. So already, the first definition or eligibility requirement means you have to be a citizen of Washington, D.C. Second, is an alien lawfully admitted to the United States for permanent residence? Same thing. We're talking about Washington, D.C. So unless you were admitted into D.C. to be a permanent resident, you're not eligible. The last one, an alien who cannot provide evidence of alien status showing lawful admission to the United States or an alien with evidence of lawful admission but without authority to work in the United States. Again, that means Washington, D.C. So all three of them that determine whether or not you're eligible has to do with living, being born, or being a permanent resident or a citizen of Washington, D.C. Now, hold on, hold on. That, that has to mean that, of course, the United States, D.C. is the center of the, of the federal government of the United States. Well, that's again where you're wrong. The Tenth Amendment protects states' rights. Every state of the union is a sovereign state in itself, which means it is essentially its own country. But as being part of the United States of America, it retains those sovereign rights while also delegating some authority to the federal government. But it does not give absolute authority over the states. So the only place that social security numbers can lawfully be issued and used are federal territories to government employees or representatives. And why is that? Well, the code of law that governs the U.S. code of law is called statutory law. Statutory law is government law, specifically members of government. So they can assign a social security number to an agent of the FBI or the, the, the Internal Revenue Service because they are members of the government. That is the whole point. Internal Revenue Code, Internal Revenue Service. Internal means within government. So everyone else, the only way to get them is to trick them or deceive them. And that's the whole point is we are not profitable to the government unless we are being taxed and or controlled. So as soon as you realize these things, you're on the step toward freeing yourself going to wrap it up up there thank you again for tuning in to the matrix is real and we'll see you again soon bye now